From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, I'm glad we're back and we have a special guest with us today, and I'll let you introduce him. Oh, yeah. Great to be back with you, Steve. Um, I don't think this guest needs introduction. Everyone should know Joe Way. Uh, he's everywhere. He's, if you don't know him, you must be on a rock or a programmer in the dungeon coding away. But uh, we welcome Joe Way to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, and, you know, it's not about me. It's not that people don't know me, but programmers, I don't get in the programming world. So you probably have a bunch of people who go, wait, what? Who's this? Oh, yeah. I, I just see his ugly face on plate on things. And I don't care. I mean, I'm like you said, in the dungeon doing your coding and stuff or whatever it is you guys do. So with that, why don't, why don't you share a little bit about your, I, for those that don't know, Joe Way is at USC, but tell us a little bit about your role, your background, and, and then we'll bring some context to this discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, so I am Joe Way, and I'm the Director of Learning Environments at the University of Southern California, uh, which means that I oversee the design, installation, and support teams for about 500 general use spaces across the enterprise. Um, I got my start. I've actually been in higher ed for just about, I was, it's weird. I was trying to figure it out in a month. It'll be six years in higher ed. It's kind of crazy. Um, where I was at Cal Baptist before USC it's about three years and three years. And, uh, before that I worked in the business development side of the entertainment industry for pretty much my entire career, 25 years and left that and, uh, in a wonderful vertical of higher ed, which I absolutely love more than everything. And no matter how much I try to run away, for some reason, I get captured right on back. Um, and, uh, it, and, it, and it's awesome. And also, of course, I do uh, host uh, the Higher Ed AV podcast for the Higher Ed Vertical and the media, uh, media company, I guess. It's now a company now, of which James is one of our uh, monthly contributors. So, uh, it's all uh, articles focused on uh, higher ed and the vertical there. And then I guess I'm also uh, um, the chair of the Higher Education Technology Managers Alliance, HETMA, which uh, is a group that, sub that is an advocate for the higher ed vertical within the greater AV industry. I consider us, let's say, the, the business arm of the, uh, of the higher ed side as opposed, even though we're a community, but we're there to advocate for the things we need and be a voice for our 20 some $8 billion vertical. So, so that that's actually where I was hoping that we would spend some time is talking about HEPMA and, and, and um, what, what, what was the thinking behind HEPMA? And, and cause I look at HEPMA, I mean, one with, with a lot of admiration and I feel like it, it's not only, grown significantly, but it's really filled a void. And it's also been something that has established a voice. And these are all things that James and I are, are really behind when it comes to programmers. So can you give us some, a, a little bit of context or, or, or some, some um, of your thought process there and, and maybe how, what we can learn from that in terms of applying it to the programmers community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, and, and the funny thing is I get this question all the time, like what made HEPMA a success and so fast? And um, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm still putting my finger around it, right? And trying to get my thumb on that. But here's what it what came. It came about originally because uh, the co-founder and I, uh, BC, uh, who is my counterpart, counterpart at Vanderbilt, we were on a, a vendor trip 
uh, where we were asked to just give some product reviews, right? And you think it's a dog and pony show, right? You're just doing your vendor management and it's a dog and pony show. They're going to take you and, you know, listen to this, take you to dinner, but give us your impact. It's really just so you come back and buy a bunch of their stuff, right? It's the way the industry works. But what threw us off was three months later, like after we gave all of our, our, uh, advice and this is what you should do and this is how we would use it as they came back to us and said hey can we fly out and come to your campus and show you the changes we made that you guys suggested and we're like wait what you listened to us i I thought it was just a dog and pony show and from that point we realized well wait a minute and they actually did it they came back they made the changes they said that and you're like well what if we could take that and we could do it on a macro level and where we could actually drive um, what it is that we need. Because, I mean, the difference in higher ed, yeah, we are quote unquote end users. But a big difference with that is that we, we are, while we are customers, we have customers of our own. We're in this weird middle place of integrator, right? Where we like to call ourselves in house integrators, but yet we're not really integrators, yet we kind of are. And yet we're not end users, yet we kind of are. So we have this strange, just, it is, it's a weird place we sit within the, within the AV industry. But I also think it's an area of opportunity and it's a very unique area where we can help drive product where I tell integrators, like, you should love us because we're helping your manufacturers make stuff that we will buy from you. Okay. And they love us because we're helping driving product that they can now sell, right? And that's what everybody wants. I want products that serve my need on my campus and they want stuff they can sell. It's a win-win across the board. And when we started talking about that and going, because there are a lot of great, uh, in, there are a lot of great um, organizations that serve our vertical, that, um, but we recognize that the void, get, finally getting to your question, the void was... Um, was it, how can we actually talk about our needs? How can we have a voice within this? Not just supporting one another, but how can we have a voice? And that's what happened. And as we, soon as we came out with that and said, we want to be able to say really to the entire industry, we have needs that basically will help everybody. If you can solve our problems, you're going to win all the way around from manufacturers to end users, to integrators, to consultants. And I think that was the lightning in a bottle. And then you took the special part about higher ed where we are not competitors. We say this internally among ourselves, that we are not competitors um, where, you know, James runs the incredible Slack channel for, uh, for our, our vertical and where we can get in and, if you want advice and you want to say, hey, I've got this esports thing I'm about to do, anyone done it, you'll get 50 different comments going, here's what I've done, here's the case study, here's this, here, let's connect. But you won't get a major integrator who has an esports go call their competitor integrator and go, how did you do this, right? It makes us very unique in that sense. And so we pulled those aspects together and that's what became the lightning in a bottle. And we recognize from so many different sides of integrators and manufacturers and consultant and other end users and other, other end users and other verticals coming to us going, uh, this is crazy. So to answer part two of your question, what is that? How can you get, do that for you know, your people, your programmers? I think the key to what has made HEPMA successful is the fact that there's a void that only you know how to fill. 
No one else can tell you how to fill that void. Only you know it. The hardest part is then actually putting your finger on what is the void. I think we got lucky. And I, you know, we've said as Hetma all the time that we've, the word I used for years, two, first two years of it was we're slow rolling it. Cause I thought, oh, this might be the stupidest idea ever. And yet it ended up turning into an incredible thing that became, gave value. And I think for, you know, programmers, you have, you are the only ones who understand the daily problems you go through. And so to connect that to one another is really how you build the community. Use your common pain points as your, your launching point. I think, I mean, that, 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 really, <laughs> that, that really is, I think the, the value that any organization brings, you know, tr trying to address a pain point and trying to provide um, a, a solution to somebody's need. Uh, you know, one of the things that I admire a lot, and, and James, you can, um, you know, pitch in here, um, is that that you know the the pride that people take in wearing that that Hitma, Hitma badge, and how it's all of a sudden taken people who maybe may have been in the background before, and you know are now coming out and saying I, I matter and I mean something and I'm part of this and. And the, you know, here's my tribe, and and that's again, I think that that's what I envision uh, programmers can uh, benefit from. the The dif difficulty might be, and 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 I don't know if this is accurate or not. We have to find out. But the def difficulty may with programmers may be that they're not as social and they're not as outgoing, and and although get them in a room, they're going to talk. It's just getting them out to get them in that room. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one thing great about the HEPMA and like Joe was mentioning about the Slack group is the community. The people are willing to help each other. And we we put the questions out there. You know, we we get out our shells and we talk to each other. And I agree. I think that's a hard part on programmers because by our nature, we are secluded in the dungeon typing away on our keyboard. Um, so getting them together and getting the voices out there is difficult. I feel. Yes. Yeah, question for you. I mean, so I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to take over your show because it's what I do best in life <laughs> is take over things. It, but what's interesting is I actually think there's a lot of parallels where there might not seem to be just because I'm loud and obnoxious. The average tech person is not right. Most of us get into this industry because we are introverts. Right. And maybe programmers, at least by, um, uh, you know, uh, stereotype are probably even more so. Right. Um, but in general, tech IT people are introverts. I'm the rarity. You guys are the rarity. You're doing a podcast. But I think a lot of it is, is going to where the people are. Right. What, what may, has made Hetma um, successful is because we do going back to the, the pain point, but we go, where are you? Where, um, you know, where do you live? And you live in your daily struggles. So how we can pull that together. And what I found, and I'm sure you probably have exactly the same thing, but maybe you have, or haven't recognized it. Yeah, you're coming up on it. You're like a year in this thing. Well, right. I mean, um, I remember the first time, like on my podcast where I thought, 
okay, no one listens to this dumb thing, right? I mean, like, uh, it's like myself and my mom. I don't know who the other thousands of people are because I see there's thousands of downloads, but it's my my mom must listen 5,000 times, right? And um, and yet I remember showing up somewhere and then people going, oh, I just thank you very much for what you do. Or I heard you say this. Or they go on Twitter and like, like Joe said, in episode 34, like, I don't even know what I said in episode 34. How do you remember that, you know, two years later? And it was like, wait a minute, I'm reaching people just because they're not vocal to me and I don't know the face and the handle doesn't mean that it's not bringing value to people who need to hear it. You know, and I think that becomes the same thing for you all with the image of their, their back underneath in the dungeon, as all AV people belong in the, in the basement. That's where our offices are, right? Hey, I'm an 11 story building only one of it's underground and it's my floor. Okay. So that's where like, seriously, there's 11 floors of windows and I get the one without. So, and, but I think that that's okay. Right. As long as you're reaching the pain point and saying, look, here's where we're going to connect where people are listening to you all and you're having impact that you don't even know because you're having the conversations that they're thinking. And then being able to now grow that is kind of the next step, right? And then how do you capture that? Which I think is also another thing of how Hetma came about. I mean, Hetma also wouldn't have existed if it weren't for the podcast, right? It took one thing to then create another because it was like, okay, I've been a voice out there speaking, but it goes into the ether, right? It was always one directional. When it's a podcast, it's one directional. Every now and then there's the, comment on Twitter, but that's really still only one directional. And so how can you communityize that? I'm going to make up a word. And that's really what Hetma did is it took a, a, a platform and turned it into an advocate. That's a great recipe. (laughs) That's, that's where we, we definitely feel we're headed. And, uh, but, but I'm glad that you see the parallels there because I, I, I do as well. And I just, I, again, I admire the, the, you know, how much of a difference Hetma has made and, and it still has so much more room for growth. There's so many people that need to know about it and the, and the, that voice is only going to get larger and larger and, and it's very healthy for the industry. And, you know, which is again, where, where we're headed as well there, you know, we, we want to bring attention to those who bring value and those who are making a difference that are under underserved and underserved community like programmers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, and, and I think what's interesting is that there's a time which, which is kind of cool about Hetma recently. And I don't know, James, if you've noticed the same thing. Um, and I, I feel like I need to do more with it, but, the people who come and join the fact I don't recognize their names that, and I've never heard of that school before or whatever. And I'm going, wait, how do you know about, wait, what's going on here? And cause I, it really was a community of like, you know, there was no, it wasn't like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It was like two degrees of Joe way. Like that's what it was for the longest time. Right there. You just got an episode title. Um, but uh, you know, but now it really is six degrees of, right. It was so-and-so told so-and-so my rep said this. And as I'm getting, you know, I'm having conversations all day with manufacturers and they're like, yeah, so I was at this uh, local thing over in Dallas. And I asked, I ran to someone in higher ed and said, do you know about Hetma? And I told them, I pulled their cell phone out and took them to Hetma.org. And I'm like, 
oh yeah, literally just had someone from Dallas join Hetma.org. Like, I'm like, that's crazy, you know? And which is awesome because that means the industry sees the value, right? Mm -hmm. And that not just helping the people, but, you know, to me, that also is it can, how many people can benefit and is there value behind it? Cause if there isn't value behind it, well, there's plenty of other orgs that have value. So why am I even staying up late and doing all this stuff? You know? Yeah. I am with you there, Joe. I, as you said, there's tons of people. I never saw their name jumping in before never seen the school, which is great. And the value is there because yeah, the membership for higher ed people in HEPA is free and will always be free. So it's easy to join, but they're being active. They're commenting. They're getting involved. We got the approval program going. We got the PRISM scholarship going. And there's actions being done. So that's more than just, hey, I'm signing up for this free service. And I'm going to sit as a fly on the wall. They're, the members are actually becoming active on it, which is very awesome. 100%. 100%. So what, what, um, what, what, what do you think that, that, uh, what, what, what's, what's the tipping point, I guess, before, as we're wrapping up, you know, what, 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 what was that one thing that pushed it over the edge? Do you feel? Oh boy. Um, boy, that, that's a tough one. Um, because I think that people join for different reasons. If I, I, I'll give you my, my input, but I'm very biased. So just take it for what you want. I think our tipping point was Infocom. I yeah, think yeah. that was where we legitimized ourselves. It existed for years. Well, really not too many, two years before that or whatever, but still. Um, Infocom coming and coming in force. Um, being there and saying, hey, we're ready for this. And we're ready to represent our vertical and these little green thingies that I've got here. You know, this is it. This is what's going that we're we're going to carry this badge and then coming out with the prism scholarship that we're proud of to be able to give 10 scholarships to underrepresented demographics within our industry that work in higher ed and full, you know, a VIXA membership and mentorship and a trip to Infocom to learn mentor, be certified, take like, I think that put us on the map. I should say, even though we existed before, I think that legitimized us. I think the official thing is when we became an official 501c3. I mean, that would be when it really became an org, but I think Infocom was it. If I had to say it. Hmm. I, I agree, Joe. And when I said I was with, uh, I have my, not at the beginning, but close to the beginning. And I agree. I think just seeing people like Tim Van Werp would say this too. We, him and I were walking on the floor and people would stop us and go, what is HEPMA? And we'll explain. And they're like, you guys are everywhere here. And those badges, Lex's special color banner stood out. I saw vendors handing them out. I saw manufacturers handing them out, wearing them with pride. Um, so, yeah, I was I agree with you. Infocom was a tipping point and the prison scholarship as I go back to is action, not just words. Yep. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you how many people asked me and I, when I was wearing the ribbon, what it was. <laughs> so it, I think, think that that that's, you know, com completely on target. So which tells me that there's a lot of room for growth, especially outside of the, the, the higher ed community. So, so looking at who are the advocates and who are the people that that um, want to to build? You can b build around you, 
Yeah. So, well, the way I way I see it, there are five thousand five hundred higher in, institutions just in the United States. They probably an average uh, average of a, maybe call it eight employees ish, probably per institution, some bigger, some smaller, which means if we've got a membership of a little over a thousand right now, we can grow 40 times and that's just in the U S. So we got, we got room to grow. Nice. Imagine that at Infocom, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's a takeover. There you go. Well, I think uh, Joe, it's been a pleasure to have you. And I think we'll, we'll be hearing from you again soon. Um, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about HETMA, learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they can find HETMA at HETMA.org and HETMA underscore org on all of the socials. And you can find me uh, at Josiah Way on all of the socials. And he's always available and always good to have a conversation with on Sunday mornings too. So uh, James, how can people get in touch with you and uh, learn more about what you're up to? As always, you can reach me at... Uh... On Twitter, AV underscore James King. As Joe mentioned, I write for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine where I do the IT and AV column. I am involved with HEPMA, so you can find me over there as well. And Sunday mornings, talking with Steve and Joe on AV and AM. Absolutely. And, and for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Um, I do some writing for AV Network and my company blog at controlconcepts.net and also host. Uh, a state of control on avnation.tv. But uh, I want to hear from you out there. And those of you who are part of HETMA, please uh, chime in, at least give us some likes or retweets or share this episode. And um, to Joe's point, we have to build around um, serving a pain point. So let us know what that might be for you so that we can make sure that we're um, taking bringing that to our the forefront for us and making sure that we're taking the right strides to uh, address it. And uh, you can find this podcast on um, Apple and Google Podcasts as well as on YouTube. So please, uh, please tune in and uh, leave us a comment and a review. And uh, if you would share it, we would be forever grateful. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.